episode of LDB Cast. Um, it's a very special week here in Lucid Dream Baseball because we are in Champions Week. And we have with us two very special guests. We have the two league champions representing the union. We have former acting commissioner for life, Mr. Jeff Harcourt. Hey, guys. And we have from the federal, Mr. Chris Schuster of the American Double IPAs. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's, uh, let's dig right into it. Um, Chris and Jeff, you guys had two very different seasons. Uh, Jeff, you really came up from behind. You started out with a great team out of the auction, but a slow start required you to dig from your pool of prospects and put together kind of a 2018 version of an LDB super team. Whereas Chris, you kind of went wire to wire. You came out super hot. And then you didn't do too much at the deadline, but you did make some savvy uh, free agent pickups. So why don't we start, just why don't you guys talk a little bit about um, your season and how you got to this point. Um, um, you guys can just have a conversation, and, and uh, I'll just chime in. Sounds good. Jeff, you want to go first, or you want me to jump in? Hey, uh, why don't you jump in? I like caught most of Ian's thing, and then Anchor dropped me. So uh, uh, just why don't you re- restart the discussion, and I'll, uh, I'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. That's no problem. I'll, I'll go first. Um, it's been an interesting season for the Dippets for sure. I mean, I feel like uh, came in with a chip on our shoulder. And I, and I think the window in iron and oil, uh, if for those who have not been paying specific attention to our division, uh, for a championship there, you know, it's kind of now is, is the window because Jorvi's coming up on our heels. Uh, Anton's obviously got a super team. And Mark is kind of like the, the, you know, modern – uh, Oakland A's where, you know, he's, I think he's really thinking creatively and, and I'm scared of what he's going to be able to put on the field pretty soon. You mean uh, when no, he makes I, fi- 55 of the next 70 draft picks? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, from the beginning, I, I kind of wanted to come out with a bang this year. I liked my draft. Um, and I think, Ian, you hit the nail on the head. Like, it has been a wire-to-wire season. I spent zero days out of first place. Um, awesome. And was able to hold on. But – you know, the, the, the one big move I did make was for Bumgarner. I, I don't know that I would do it again because uh, Taylor Trammell has really upped his stock since then, and Bumgarner's kind of disappointed. But, um, but you know, he, he has done enough to help me through, and I've got a number of, uh, you know, good pitchers, I think, and the, hitting, the hitting's been good. And you're right. You know, it's funny. Brophy and I were joking uh, last week that our match might have ended up being decided by the center field prospects that we were picking up two weeks before the playoffs. I ended up, right. you know, taking a shot on Jake Cave and Ramon Loriano, uh, who both have been pretty good, um, shockingly. You know, 800 OPSs, mm-hmm. 900 OPSs over the last month. Um, and he got Greg Allen, and that just didn't pan out the same way. And I think that really was mm-hmm. the difference of the hitting last week. Um, but there's definitely been a ton of luck to it. I think Anton got really unlucky. Uh but it's fun to be there, that's for sure. Second time in the finals for me, and it's very enjoyable. Great. So what would you say um, was, your, was, your, was your best auction move that really helped you get to this part, point? You know, baseball is such a long haul that I really think, like, there have been guys that definitely won weeks for me that uh, maybe now are not as hot, you know? Like, I think in the beginning of the season, it was clearly DJ LeMahieu, who for the first five weeks of the season for – the amount I paid for him uh, was playing like, you know, one of the very best second basemen in the game. 
but I think over the long haul, I think you have to look at Machado and say that that was worth mm-hmm. the 45 mil. He has stabilized me at 48. Uh, 48, you're right. Uh, you know, but stabilizing uh, that the, the shortstop position, there really was nothing out there at auction. So I think mm-hmm. I've gotten Machado's best. That's been really good. Um, you know, one other guy that uh, I'll highlight um, – in the beginning of the year, I think Jake Junis gave me everything he had. And then he turned into a pumpkin. I basically didn't start him from week 10 until the playoff week because uh, he was awful. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, in the beginning of the season, like, that, there were a lot of great innings from him that helped me beat some other teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I think I, I definitely got my fair share of luck. Oh, there's one other that's like that. You know, Solarte has been really not special at all since week 10, but the first 10 weeks of the season – Having that to plug in at second base, third base, shortstop, he did. He hit like twenty home runs in the first half of the season. It was pretty, pretty impressive. So that's right. All right, turning to you, Jeff. Can you talk a little bit about? Let's just you know. Obviously, your team has changed a lot since um, the start of the season. Can you talk a little bit about the decisions you made and why, and how you feel about them now that you're in the finals? Yeah, uh, I mean, if you had told me that I was going to make the LDB series and that the way that I would have made it this year uh, coming out of the auction, I don't think I would have believed anyone. So I, I thought that my strategy was going to be to have like a very, very high floor for pitching and then to sort of scrape together offense where I could uh, to be, and that, that was going to be sort of like the way I was going to go. So my, my like, primary strategy this year just because of the number of homegrown pitchers I had was to like never throw out a shitty starter and then I ended up having like really really bad pitching for most of the season uh and my offense for like I think the first like 12 or 13 weeks was like out in front so it was kind of like a weird result I mean like I mean I had like Trout and Nelson Cruz and a few other guys. So it wasn't like I expected my offense to be garbage, but uh, you know, just, it was kind of, just kind of weird. And, you know, I ended up, um, you know, one of the nice things about having a, I think traditionally I've always tried to build like well-rounded and deep teams. And the problem with building a well-rounded and deep team, I think is that those teams are hard to improve by trade because you don't have like a clear, awful thing to fix. So when my pitching ended up being this bad, uh, it actually just kind of made it just kind of sort of put it right out there that it was like you got to go get Garrett Cole. So um, I uh, I pushed many many chips into the the center of the table uh, and and made them. Um, you know the other trade. Oh man, we're losing them. Yeah, the other trade he's going to talk about is Eduardo Escobar, right? <laughs> He traded for Escobar, right? No, no, no. Escobar was uh, – I, I sniped Escobar from uh, from uh, Sean. Oh, great. Yeah. Was that the trade you were going to talk about, or was there another trade? Oh, What? I don't know what he just said. I don't either. He just dropped off. But um, just looking through his team, I think, you know, in terms of other aggressive moves, he – I, th- I think he might be coming back. I mean, one thing that really helped him, I think, is Brandon Nimmo coming on 
and playing so well. Um, Obviously, Nelson Cruz having another very solid season. Benintendi having a very solid season. Trout having a great year once again. I think Benintendi Um, has been uh, a superstar. I mean, the last few weeks he's sort of cooled off, but uh, mm -hmm. for the beginning of the year, I mean, Benintendi was just as good as he could have been. Yes. I mean, Ben has been awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you want to finish your thought? Yeah. I think uh, Anchor kept opening in my text message app instead of in my, the rest of my phone, which I think is why I kept having problems. So anyway, um, I, uh, you know, I got, I had a few things just break really well my way. I mean, I, Ben Zobrist ended up having an OBP of 350 on the year and he was like a, an afterthought. Eduardo about the high you possibly expect from Eduardo Escobar and, um, you know, I had some I had some back end starters that filled in that played okay, and um, you know, I just that scraping this together. Like, I didn't have any places on my team that were really, really a pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even, even Ian Desmond, who I think by real baseball standards had a bad year, a great fan. Uh, actually, had a fairly decent he, he had a decent fantasy yeah, season. I mean, he hit a, hit a bunch of dingers. This and- is a great year. Twenty twenty is very good in fantasy baseball. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it's I, I didn't have any any significant injuries. I didn't have We lost him again. Him again. <laughs> but we do, I will say that the other trade maybe that he was talking about is Mike Clevenger, who he got for five five hundred thousand dollars and is a K two. And he only gave up a pick for that, which I think is a win win for both for both uh the tones and for the mice. Yeah, and really, if you look, yeah. you, if you if you look at your team, Jeff, you have almost everyone coming back. I mean, except for James. Yeah, Paxton. I mean the only guys. Yeah, the only guys I think I have that like were like reasonable contributors at all that aren't coming back are like Mike Mustakas, who's like mm-hmm. you know did fine, and Elvis Andrews, who you know I I paid a lot for him last year, but he uh, he didn't have a great season. He was injured. And, you know, didn't, didn't turn out a bunch. So, you know. All right. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, really, I'm just happy for you both. I'm glad we're having uh, a non-mat final. It's really nice. <laughs> um, so let's, 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 let's break down the position. So a catcher, um, we have Grandal and Wellington Castillo going against Alfaro. And I guess uh, the uh, – La, T- La Tortuga. No, that's not La Tortuga. That's uh, Keener Falafa from Texas. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. No, uh, not, I guess Grandal's the best of the bunch. What do you guys think? I, I think you're, you're, sleep, yeah. you're sleeping on Grandal. He's probably been the third best catcher in baseball this year. Uh, he's been really good. Mm-hmm. I think that said, like in a one-week matchup, I hate his matchups this week. He has so many difficult matchups, it's going to be rough. Um, so... Mm-hmm. But outside of that, you know, yeah, people people sleep on Grandal partially because of the timeshare, but he's good. He's really he's a talented guy. Yeah, I think you have the edge. What do you think, Jeff? Do you think he has the edge of catcher? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. You know, I had a bunch. Of, I had um, McCann get hurt, and I basically just kept patching together injured guys for the the entirety of the season. Um, and you know. Kiner Falefa is is basically on my roster because he plays four positions. So yeah, that's um, great. Yeah. yeah, but it's you know I I even ended up having to promote Alfaro, you know, just to basically be depth 
So uh, yeah, I'd clearly say that Schutzer is the adjunct catcher. Okay. So at first base, Jeff has Mark Reynolds, Ian Desmond, um, are the two guys that can play first. And then Schuster has Josh Bell, uh, CJ Cron, um, and those are his first base. And now Schuster, <laughs> like, <laughs> you've always been criticized about first base. Like, uh, well, you know, why you know, didn't you make a move for a first baseman at the deadline? Dude, I tried. I did. And, and I think part of this is that, um, you know, there's really two philosophies out there, and most people in the league have one, which is that when you're, when you're competing for a championship, you leave no stone unturned, right? And, I, and I, I, I appreciate that. That's the way that I try to go most of the time. The flip side is what I was looking out, you know, you've got you to gotta understand that the point that Josh made the trade for Goldschmidt, I was sort of hopeful that there would be another first baseman that would appear that I would think was going to be a, a very clear upgrade and worth moving some of the major talent. But the best one out there was Votto. And I just, you know, mm-hmm. I could have made a huge bid for Freeman from Sean, but I think Sean was going to hold no matter what. So, like, there wasn't a guy that I felt was going to be such a clear upgrade. I actually was spending more time trying to find a center fielder, uh, truth be told, because I, I, I just saw the – the problems I was having there. And, you know, the other philosophy, what I was getting at before, I think there is something to be said about, you know, you put the best team you can on the field, you don't mortgage the future too much, and you take the coin flip. When you know you're going to make the playoffs like I did, like I just sort of felt like was it worth getting rid of Eloy Jimenez or David Dahl? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't stomach it to get Joey Votto. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, so that I'm was the logic. You. For me, I've made that uh... – I've now made this mistake multiple times where I've been close and I've, and I've gotten the one extra pitcher or the one extra guy. And then I, I've come up short and it's a killer. You know, I lost Ozzy Albies, uh, Ozzy Albies to get Johnny Cueto and didn't make the playoffs. And now Zach Wheeler feel, appears to be very good for And I traded him for two guys. I can't keep either and Kane and um, Robbie Ray. So, it, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, I don't think you can be blamed for that Wheeler trade. I, I think yeah. that was I think that was appropriate at the time. Yeah, thanks, man. I think uh, I think that that all being said, you know, the um, first base is I think goes to Harcourt. I Agreed. like um, I like I like the balance of you know you know like tonight he has Reynolds in the lineup I guess because uh, Desmond's going against Kershaw, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, so I think Mark Reynolds ended up playing a surprising amount. I mean, I, I think everyone thought that when um, Zimmerman came back from his injury that Reynolds was going to go to the bench, but he's he's still playing like three or four times a week. Makes sense. I mean, Mark Reynolds is like the is a guy that like nobody signs, and then everybody's happy they signed midseason. <laughs> yeah. All right. So second base, we have Adam Frazier. Uh, who has an injury mark. I don't know if he's hurt or not. Uh, Zem, ben Zobrist and Ian Happ and also Kiner Falafa can play second base for Harcourt, whereas LeMayhew and um, uh, Moncada and Solarte can all play. And McNeil. Chris. Now this one's uh, – oh, and Jeff McNeil, uh, the Mets' savior. <laughs> so this is this is close. Nobody – uh, nobody's playing a true star at this position, right? I guess LeMahieu is probably the best everyday kind of guy, but uh, what do you, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? I guess I like that you have McC- uh, how do you say McConda's last name? Is it 
Mankata. 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 Right? Mankata yeah. yeah. I mean, you have him for steals. If you, if you, if later in the week you come up uh, short, maybe he'd run. He's stolen eleven. Lemayhu has stolen six. Um, what do you guys think? Second base is kind of a toss, right? I think it's a toss-up. Mankata's been the greatest disappointment for me this season. I, maybe Zimmer was, actually. But Mankata has, you know, OPS around 700. I was expecting closer to 850. So that's, that's a big disappointment. Um, you're right, though. I do sub him in if the stolen base match is close and I like his matchup, um, especially against the right-handed pitcher. But it hasn't, it hasn't been that rewarding. I'd say it's a wash. I don't know much about Adam Frazier, Jeff. What's the deal with him? Well, we could talk about Ian Half, who also has second base, third base, center field offense, and right field eligibility. Fifteen home runs and seven stolen bases. So, yeah, Half I mean, is pretty good. Go ahead. Yeah, Half is like Half kind of faded as the season went on, so he's he's not really as effective as I think his full potential is. And then Frazier's sort of the opposite. I don't think Frazier's as good a player as Ian Half, but he's playing out of his mind right now, and so uh, you know, I'm. You know, he, I think Frazier, Star made a joke to me after I picked up Frazier. He said, well, that's the last borderline usable player who's going to get picked up on ad drops. So, um, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, it's, it's always if, that the old uh, Mad Star half compliment is uh, always a good sign when you, when, you, uh, when, you, when you pick up a free agent. Yeah, he, uh, I, I think Matt's, like, ongoing, like, commentary on players is uh it, it's like an interesting way to get the pulse on what's going on in the league because i i feel like matt has like a back channel to every single uh every single gm yeah i know that's the thing i was talking to him at the trade deadline i think i said this on the first podcast that like he probably knows so much more about all the trades that didn't happen than any of us do combined but i think the reason for that in some ways is because he is he is an honest evaluator of trades like he'll give you a pretty fair impression but if he's low on a player that you think may be better than he realizes or from like a team he doesn't follow. Sometimes that player can have hidden value just because Matt's view is known in the league. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a, he's a market maker. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, All right. Third base is um, Eduardo Escobar. It looks like also um, your Texas utility man and half can play third for you, but you probably are going with Escobar every day. And then you have Seeger and Solarte and Machado on the other side, but I'm sure Machado plays shortstop every day. So to me, this one, it's Escobar's probably the best player of the group. What do you guys think? I'm giving it to Jeff. Yeah, and I've also got Moustakas, so I've got, I've got a fair amount mm, of that's right. thump to roster at third. But, um, you know, Escobar has faded a little bit, but I, I, he's, he hasn't, he's not completely out of it. I think that's probably right, like mild edge to me. Right. Yeah, I mean, I forgot about Moustakas because he's in the utility position. I missed that. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of options. I mean, Escobar's fading in the same way the, the Diamondbacks are. It's really too bad. I thought the Diamondbacks yeah. were going to maybe win that division. I, I found their, like, sort of partial reload really interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, Elvis Andrews versus Machado. That's an easy one. I mean, Manny yeah. Machado... Um, I mean, I love that you got him as a K1 and not an RFA at this price now that he's going to have definitely a shortstop eligibility next year. Um, hopefully he'll go to a place that, you know, will use him effectively. But, you know, probably Machado's the second player in the series. So, 
shortstop goes to to Chris. Um, we could talk about the outfield as a whole, I guess. Yeah, I like doing that. Um, it's we have Mike Trout, Ben Zobrist, Andrew Benatendi, Brendan Nimmo, Ian Desmond, and Ian Happ, and a guy named Daniel Palka, all available for Harcourt. And on uh, Chris's team, you have uh, the, the the mythical Loriano, uh, Giancarlo, Mike Stanton, Justin Upton, David Dahl, um, who's on an S zero contract, Jake Cave um, for Chris. So we have we have a, a few stars here. What do you guys think? Who do you guys like in the outfield? I think that the outfield ends up being kind of a wash. You, you know, most people I think might even lean towards Jeff's side. But I like the way that mine is built for matchups. I think Dahl playing exclusively against right-handed pitching, he's one of those guys that puts up home runs and steals. Upton is like the, you know, the, arguably the most streaky hitter in baseball. Uh, he's hot right now. He hit four home runs in the last five days. I'm hoping he can carry it into the finals. Um, you know, if Upton gets hot, he plays with the best of them. And Stanton has been the one that I, I just I don't know what to make of him lately. He's hitting about a home run a week. He's capable of more than that. Um, obviously, you know, the, the beginning and end starts with Trout, and I think if Jeff gets a big week from Trout, it's going to be hard to beat him. So that's, that's really the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah, the one-two of Benatendi and Trout is, is very attractive, but you can't discount Upton and Stanton in a one-week match. They could match those guys no problem. What do you think, Mr. Harcourt? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, I think my uh... – I think my guys are maybe more a little more likely to provide some stolen bases. Um, you know, Nimmo swipes a bag here and there. Trout had a Trout had a couple combo meals for me in the playoffs so far, which has just been freaking huge because there are a couple points against Josh and uh, Ryan where things were looking dicey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I think I think I'd probably go for um, like. Schutzer on the power side and maybe maybe my guys for like balance um between between mm-hmm. power and speed yeah i mean if, uh, i think all season long your offense has kind of lived and died by how you know mike trout plays in some ways i mean when you when you're giving that much money to one particular player um it's hard if he's if he's not playing well correct yeah, I'm d- definitely. And I mean, I, I sort of know that's like a risk that I've taken the last two years investing this much cash in him is just, you know, there's always the possibility that, you know, he's missed time the last two seasons too. So, you know, it's, it's nice having him when he's there, but when he's not, you know, I didn't have as much cash to spread around other players. Right. And what do you guys, so, um, and what do you guys think about the rest of the offensive guys that, you know, are playing utility and subbing in and out into these positions? I mean, Hardcore, we have Nelson Cruz, Moustakis. Also, I want to mention Brandon Nimmo has been freaking awesome. I don't know if you've seen him play live, but he's really fun to watch. Um, I'm very happy that the Mets have him. I'm sure we'll ruin him, but for the time being, I'm enjoying Nimmo. Um, you know, Harcourt has Nelson Cruz, who's another offensive star. I mean, I think that my takeaway going through the offensive rosters is that Jeff Harcourt has the uh, advantage on the offensive side. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I think if we go with the stats that have, you know, come out on the field in recent weeks, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree. But I think if we're going on the last two months okay. on the whole, then I would. Um, you know, if I had to take one of the two offensive mm-hmm. rosters to start a team right now, I'd probably agree with you and go with Jeff. Uh, I think the way that the guys have been going lately 
and over the course, I have a lot of underrated guys. And, um, so, you know, and I think you got to remember that the, the power numbers are also tied to OPS and, uh, and the RBIs. And more often than not, I'm winning those categories. So we'll see. You know, I, I think the other thing that's worth of noting is that, you know, it's Tuesday uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we had a pretty even start. So it's, it's really a flip of a coin. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I, I wanted to mention at the beginning that not much changed yesterday. If somebody got five runs, was that you? Chris? That's me, yeah. So, yeah, it's always nice to come out with like a nice little beginning in the counting stats. Like, I think it just feels good to, um, you know, have a, you know, a fair number right. to start. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's go to the, to, to the pitching. I mean, this is going to be really interesting. Like, uh, Garrett Cole, James, how do you say his, say his last name? Talion? Talion? Jameson Tyon, I think. Tyon. And then it looks like Paxton is not going to pitch. So who's your first runner up? Uh, well, pa- Paxton is going to pitch against Texas, I think, right now. He's just, uh, he's not, okay. but uh, he's going to, his, his pneumonia means he will miss his rotation against the, or his turn against the Astros, and he will pitch against the Rangers instead. So, um, wow. It's not quite as good as last week when all of my pitchers were facing the bloated carcass of uh, the Detroit Tigers. But um, I, you know, I, I think that with neutral matchups, I would favor my pitchers. But I think that Schutzer has a pretty serious advantage here because I think his 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 pitchers are good and his matchups are quite favorable. He's got Syndergaard at Philadelphia. He's got Lester at the mm-hmm. Sox. Um, and then White Sox. Yeah. And he's got Flaherty at um at Atlanta. So I mean that that's not a that's not a bad slate. So I I I think he's got a really nice starting pitching situation this week. Did you consider um uh, going with uh, Archer at home against the Royals? Yeah, I I agonized over it, and uh, you know Ar- Archer has just been such. A, this is my last year with Archer. This has just been such a heartbreaking tenure with him because I, you know, refuse trade offers for him over and over and over again. Oh yeah. I probably offered you the moon for him. And you know, every time I was just like, you know what, he's my guy. I'm going to ride or die with him. And then, um, you know, he's just had such a rough go of it. And, uh, I, I basically, uh, you know, decided that I couldn't, uh, I, I don't think I'd, I, I, I decided that it would be too emotionally painful to, to throw Archer out and then have him be the reason that my team lost. So um, he's, mm-hmm. he's actually buried pretty deep despite that KC matchup. I think he's like my second alternate or third alternate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let me see. I offered you, uh, I offered you in January, 2018 Guriel, which I guess is not that big of an offer. Okay. Um, on the other side, you're, you're leaving Bumgarner on the bench against, um, at St. Louis. I think that that's fine. I mean, the, the real question is what John Lester will, will be there. Right, Chris? Yeah. I agonized over that one too. I think Flaherty and Syndergaard were easy choices. And then, uh, you know, the, the White Sox are not good against lefties, and Lester's much better on the road because um, I think that Wrigley is a tough place to play for him, and hopefully he gives me good enough, and, and we'll see. Uh, I don't know that, you know, Jeff made it sound like my pitchers have great matchups. I don't know if at Braves is that great. 
Um, and I, I, I certainly don't know if Philadelphia is that great. I mean, they, they definitely play pretty well uh, and can hit the ball. Syndergaard has been up and down. I, I think, you know, pitching, I, again, I would rather have Jeff. I, I feel like in a one-week series, I like my hitting. I like his pitching. Um, but we're going to see. You know, it really, the, the whole matchup does really feel like a coin flip right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you can't overstate the power of being the home team also and having the home field advantage. I think that that's very powerful. Also, you know, even though Jeff only has to throw two of his relief pitchers, I have to imagine that you're going to win the VJ category. I mean, you were the, behind my team, the second best uh, relief pitchers all year. So, Roto you know what? I'm going to just, I'm just going to say, Ian, that is one of the, the dirty secrets of my team is that, Unfortunately, a lot of my really good relief pitchers lost their hold and save spots by the end. I ended up rolling out Chad mm. Green, who almost never gets a hold. He gets a lot of innings, and he's got a great K rate. But the Yankees are using him in a different way since they went out and got some of those other relief pitchers on their team. You know, I think if Kimbrell gives me two and, and Chad Green gives me, uh, you know, a little over a .5, it'll be tough to beat. But I, 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 don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff swings that one. It's just so volatile. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think that this was really great. I mean, I think you guys both really deserve to be here. I mean, Chris, you went wire to wire. You got a double buy. And Harcourt, you were in the toughest division in the league. You you went through the wild card four weeks in a row now you're playing. It's a brutal division. And, uh, it's a brutal division. It's a brutal pl- way to, to get through the playoffs. But you also you made the moves. You 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 know you paid the you know the the, the, the blood price and prospects for to uh, to get here. But it, you did it in such a way that you know next year you're going to have Garrett Cole and Clevenger for a combined thirty five million dollars. I mean, I think it's 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 very exciting. So. I'll wish you both the best. I'm not going to let you guys – I'm not going to have you guys make predictions because obviously you're going to pick your own teams. Um, I didn't expect – you know, my when I was thinking about it, I didn't predict either of you to be here, but I'm really glad you are. And uh, I just want to see how it plays out. I'm not going to make a prediction either. I just wish you guys both the best. Thanks, Ian. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks for a great, thanks for a great season. But before we, before we go, who do you guys got in the, in the major leagues? Who's going to win the World Series? Oh man. Uh I I mean I definitely think it's gonna be a Red Sox Astros ALCS, but I just don't know how to pick between those teams. Um it, fe- it feels weird to to pick Boston, but I, I think Boston's gonna pull it out in the ALCS. And then um you know the the National League is 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 really, really tough to figure out with all, all these races. Um, I don't know, Schutzer, do you, do you have a strong opinion about who you think is going to win the NL? Uh, I'll just go on record as saying I agree with you about the Red Sox. I'm very worried about their relief pitching before Kimbrell, but I think that they're, they'll still get there. The offense is too good. Uh, I have a feeling that the Cubs are going to turn it on. That's just my, that's my gut instinct. I think that the offense there is really good. They, they, they have not played as well, but they've still managed to stay in front. They beat good teams. I, I think they're going to do it. We'll see. And do, and do you both think the Red Sox are going to win the World Series? I, I do. I think, I, I think the Sox will pull it out. They'll beat the Cubs. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, hard I'm, to, I'm, uh, it's hard to pick against a team that wins as many games. Yeah. Right. 
I, I'm on record saying that I think the Cleveland Indians are going to win it. I still think they're going to win it. I think they're going to beat the Cubs in the World Series. All That's right, guys. So uh, we'll find we'll we'll find out who wins the more important series, the LDB Dream. And I wish you guys both Thanks. the best and uh, have a good week. Thanks, man. Bye. Appreciate it. See ya. Bye bye.